Today on The Journey with Pastor Steve DeWitt, a message on the love demonstrated in Christ's birth. Now, how do we live by some baby that was born 2,000 years ago? This baby, this divine child, grew up and he became a man and he lived perfectly. And the Bible says that he was then fully qualified to die in our place. How did God's love come to us? God sent his son. Welcome to The Journey with Steve DeWitt, Senior Pastor at Bethel Church in Northwest Indiana. The human desire for love is woven into the fabric of our being, and it reflects the very nature of our loving God. But too often, we look to everywhere but God for love. Today on The Journey, Pastor Steve explains that the Christmas story is all about God's love finding us. To catch up on previous messages from this holiday series, visit thejourney.fm. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's message titled, Love is the Greatest. What is love and where can we go to find it? This, of course, is the unstated question that we have today, the next 24 hours. We have no doubt right now in 8094 and even I-65 and I'm sure at O'Hare and Midway, clogged interstates and packed out airports, filled with people that are going somewhere looking for love hoping to find somebody that cares for them, somebody that will love them, and somebody that they can love as well. For me, tomorrow, I'm heading to, hopefully, you know, they got the snowstorm, hopefully I can get out of here tomorrow, but I'm heading to Iowa tomorrow, and what I'm expecting to find when I arrive there is I'm expecting to find my, my dad, who will be excited, you know, to see me, and my, my mom will be there wanting the full frontal mother hug, you know, and just squeezing me, and my nieces and nephews will be there, mostly interested in what presents I may have brought for them. So what is love? That's the question that we have been asking. What is love? And what is, what is real love? And we summarize the Bible's teaching on what love is as this. It is, it is self-giving for the good and joy of another. It is dying to myself so that somebody else can be, their needs can be met, so that they can have joy. And, of course, when love does that, when love dies to itself, it does receive a kind of derived good from that. It is blessed in doing it. This is what Jesus meant when he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is, there is a there's a blessing that comes from that. That's why uh, tonight or tomorrow, the happiest people around the, around the room won't be the people opening the presents, but the people giving the presents. And kids, that's hard to believe, but it's true. There's more joy in that. 1 Corinthians 13 finished our study on love this last weekend with these words. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love is the greatest. And don't we implicitly know that? I mean, if we were really honest, our pursuit of love, our craving for love, our desire for love speaks to the fact that love is so very important to us. Even on Christmas, we realize that what we're really, what we're really looking for is not found under the tree, but is found around the tree, right? These relationships, you know, whether it be mom, dad, kids, wife, friend, 
husband, whatever, grandparents, that these people that are around the room are the ones that bring significance and meaning. And of course, this is part of why it is hard as well, because these relationships are often frustrating and are disappointing to us. And people fail to love us the way that we, that we want to be loved. And of course, we fail to love them in the same way. So in many ways, Christmas compounds all of our problems, doesn't it? If you're lonely, you're really lonely at Christmas. If you're bitter about something, you're really bitter about it at Christmas. If you uh, have a family relationship that is strained, it feels really strained at Christmas. How about this? If there's something in your life that you want and it's not there, you really feel that at Christmas, don't you? There's a love that's been lost. Maybe it's been death. Maybe it's been a broken relationship. Uh, there's something in your life that you wish was true and it's not. And at Christmas time, we feel that more intensely. The question, of course, is why is that? And I think it really has to do with this whole love thing. Love is the greatest. Love is the ultimate. Love is what we are seeking. And the deficiency of that, we feel so painfully. We want, we desperately want a perfect love. We want somebody to love us in a way that our heart whispers to us that we truly are almost made for, a perfect love. In fact, I just, I just wonder if a perfect love, a really perfect love ever showed up can you imagine the celebration in a world like ours? I mean, if a perfect love ever came, I can just, I can imagine like worldwide celebration of it. Like every year for weeks, I'll bet people would sing songs. They might even exchange gifts in celebration if that love ever came. And of course, you know what I'm, where I'm going with this, don't you? <laughs> this, is this not what brings us together? I mean, we're here, we are here. How many babies have been born over the Billions of babies have been born, but there's only been one baby that brought perfect love. And here we are this afternoon, celebrating it. Here's what God says about it in 1 John 4, 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. It's a very simple verse. There's not much to it. And yet there's so much to it. And basically what this verse tells us is how God's love came to us and why God's love came to us. And that's really all that I wanna talk with you about. How did it come and why did it come? First of all, we see how it came. In this, the love of God was made manifest. God sent his only son into the world. So there you go. How did God's love come to us? He sent his son. I would imagine uh, today it would be very easy to come to a Christmas Eve service and, and maybe you've been invited by somebody or maybe you're a member of a church or whatever, but you're here and it would be easy to see that and hear a guy talking about a perfect love that's come and to, and to, and to basically say, well, how can I know if that's true or not? Well, let me just ask you this. How do you measure 
the other loves in your life. How do you know, how do you know if somebody loves you or not? Well, a lot of people will say the words, won't they? I love you. Or hey, love you. And amongst guys, it's like, yeah, I love you. But words are cheap, aren't they? People say words all the time. I've told you before about my college roommate who actually might be here. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm totally, I'm just, I'm airing your dirty laundry, laundry but my, my college roommate, I remember him, just, I'd, I'd lay in bed at night and, and he seemed to be the one that got the girls. And so I'd lay in bed at night and, and uh, I, would, I would hear him whispering on the phone and I'd hear him going, he'd say, love you, baby, love you. And then like two nights later, it'd be like a different girl. And I'd hear him going, love you, baby, love you. But here's the point, is that words are cheap. How do we know if somebody loves us? And in all of our relationships, the indication that somebody loves us is what they are willing to sacrifice for us, right? When somebody self-sacrifices for us, they put themselves out, maybe inconvenience or maybe dramatically giving of themselves. That says something profound. In fact, the greater the sacrifice, the more we know that they love us. Now, let's just take that same measure and apply it to the love of God. How do we know if God loves us? Well, here's the story. This is, this is, this is the story of God's love, that God, here's the big story, okay, the big story. God created the world, and he created us, humans, and he made us different than anything else in all of this creation. We are unique in this entire universe. And we are unique in a way that God intended. He designed us to have a relationship with him. He designed us morally. We all have a sense of right and wrong. He, he designed us personally. We all can have relationships, can't we? And he designed us spiritually. Now, why did God do that? Well, it's because we were made to have a relationship with him. Now, the story goes like this. The story of our part in this relationship is really one of failure. That our predecessors, and really all of us, we've all sinned. We've all violated that moral code that God designed and planted within us. And the result of that is that what we were made for, we can no longer have. We were made to have a relationship with God where we experienced his love. But because of our sin, we can't experience that love. He's a holy God. He can't have a relationship with us. And so we really are the ones that have ruined this relationship. Now, you might be saying, well, that doesn't sound much like a love story to me. Well, here's the love, here's the love part of it. The love part of it is what this verse says. The love of God was made manifest. God sent his son into the world. How do we know if somebody loves us? Do they sacrifice for us? What did God do? He sent his son here for us. And there is no greater sacrifice or gift that could be given because there's no more valuable gift that could be given than Christ. And so how do we know that he loves us? He took the most valuable, wonderful gift that could be given. And he sent him into the world in order to come here. He gave his son 
for us. And the word that we have here is this word sent, and it just summarizes everything that Christmas means. It summarizes how the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, became small, so small, a baby, which is the wonder of it, of course. He took on flesh. He was sent. And what was that birth? It was love. It was love, the love of God incarnated. That's the wonder of it, isn't it? I mean, there's a mystery to this that men and women for ages have just gone, wow. And we want this place to feel the wow of the baby who was God, his love sent to us. And that's how God displayed his love in the sending of Christ, which leads to the second question as far as why. Why God's love came to us, and it's, the, it's just the end of the verse, so that we might live through him. Now, how do we live by some baby that was born 2,000 years ago? Well, we don't, frankly. The fact that God became a baby doesn't save any of us. It's the rest of the story that is the salvation. And here's the rest of the story, that this, this baby, this divine child, grew up and he became a man. And he lived perfectly Morally, spiritually, and relationally, the three things that God built into all of us, he lived that perfectly. And the Bible says that he was then fully qualified to die in our place, to die for our sins. Yes, we need a Savior. We are sinners. We are apart from God. But Christ came and died in our place on the cross, So that now, God the Father has a basis by which he can extend to sinners like us forgiveness. But there's a condition. And that condition is that we must believe. We must believe. Repent of our sins and to turn to God in faith and to believe all that Jesus who he was and what he did, and to embrace him as our Savior. What is faith? Faith is to peer into this story, this redemptive story, to hear of Christ, to hear of who he was and what he did, and to believe, to trust God. Here's how another passage describes it. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So we see then this whole thing is about love, and that's really what I'm trying to say, and this is what God is trying to say, and this is what Jesus came to say, that God loves the world, that God loves you, and that Christ came to restore a relationship between you and God through him. But you must believe. You have to embrace it. I mean, if I brought a kid up here right now, and I actually thought about doing it, but I'm not. If I brought a kid up here right now and said, hey, I got a present for you, every kid in this place would know exactly what to do. You don't have to, there's, we, we offer no classes at Bethel Church on, for kids on how to, what to do with a present. They, they're like born with the, they know what to do with it. They take it, they open it, sometimes violently, and they embrace it as their own. And that's going to be repeated over and over and over over the next 24 hours. 
And it's a picture, friend. Listen, it's a picture of God's offer of the gift of salvation to all who will believe. How many people here know that Jesus was born on Christmas? They know that Jesus died on the cross. But in terms of embracing that by faith and personalizing it and becoming a follower of Christ, that's never happened. And yet God has you here in this Christmas Eve service and through this message is offering again the opportunity for you to put your trust in Christ and to embrace this child who became a man, who became a savior. And I just wanna make that offer to you and just to ask if, if this is not enough for you to know that God loves you and wants that relationship that you were made for restored, what would it take? What could he have done if not send the son? What does a prayer of faith sound like? It sounds something like this. Dear God, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. God, I repent of my sins, and I believe that Jesus died for them, and I ask you to forgive me. I now ask you to save me from my sins. Help me, help me to follow you. That kind of a prayer is a, is a kind of response of faith. And I would encourage you to consider it. And you know, here tonight, if you're wondering who else is here, most of these people here, I don't know everybody here, I know a lot of people that are here, that we're just a church. You're like, well, what kind of, what kind of group is this here tonight? This is the sinner group. And so we invite you to embrace Jesus as your Savior, to experience the new life, to experience forgiveness to experience eternal life that God gives to all who believe. But tonight, let's just review. How did God's love come to us? God sent his son. Why did God's love come to us? That by believing in the son, we might live through him. And that's what we're celebrating tonight. The love of God to us in Christ. And that is indeed worth celebrating forevermore. You're listening to The Journey with Steve DeWitt. And Pastor Steve is here in the studio with a special invitation for someone who's ready to accept Christ. I sure am, Tim. You know, the purpose of these broadcasts is not to just simply put out information about Jesus or life or salvation, but to ultimately call for people to trust and believe. And right now, I want to do that. If you've been listening to this broadcast today, God has sovereignly placed you in the hearing of the one message that in his love, he has given to humanity to save us from our sin and our guilt, to save us unto forgiveness and eternal life. And this comes, the Bible says, by faith in Jesus. It is simply acknowledging that we are sinners before a holy God. And to see in the gospel that God is a God of love, and in his love he sent his son Jesus, this uh, baby that was born at Christmas. He sent Jesus into this world, and 
Jesus came to save us. That's literally what his name means, Savior. And I wonder today if you have ever personally grappled with the claims of Jesus Christ and the offer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And right now through this broadcast, I want to urge you to personally place your trust for your salvation and eternity in Jesus as presented in the Bible as the Son of God who died on the cross for our sins, was resurrected on the third day, and in that resurrection conquered death for all who believe in him. And today I want to urge you to put your personal trust in Jesus. It's why he came. He came to save sinners. That's what he said. It's what his name means. It's what Christmas is all about. And in this, God offers a reconciliation with him and a fresh start in life. And I have to believe that there are many in the hearing of this broadcast who long for just what the gospel provides. One of the questions I often ask my church family is, what could you want in a Savior that you don't find in Jesus? Perfect love, perfect obedience, perfect ethical life, conquered death, gave himself for us. In every category that our hearts long for, he is the perfection of what we are hoping for. So why not this day put your personal faith and trust in Christ? Perhaps a prayer like this. Dear God, I pray to you. I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I believe that the Bible is true and that Jesus came and died for my sins. Forgive me for my sins, I pray, and give me the gift of eternal life. Help me to follow Jesus now the rest of my life. Friend, if you prayed that prayer with sincerity from your heart, I'm happy to tell you that God is a God who delights to save. And I want to congratulate you on this new life in Christ. And I would urge you to let that love of God be your guide. I'd also encourage you to find a faithful biblical church nearby where your faith can grow. And for this coming year to be your very best year yet. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you. Yes, thank you, Steve. Well, the holidays are here. We just celebrated Christmas, and New Year's is right around the corner. And it really does feel like the most wonderful time of the year. But for listener-supported ministries like The Journey, it's also the most important time of the year. The holidays are a wonderful time to celebrate with friends and family. But December also sets the financial tone for ministries like The Journey for the next 12 months. It allows us to plan strategically for the coming year and lets us know whether or not we'll have the bandwidth to keep expanding. But the fact that you're listening today tells me that you're likely benefiting from the Bible teaching on this program. So today, why not give back so that others can benefit from this program as well? Your financial gift during this critical time will help us start 2024 strong. I believe that God has some incredible plans to grow this ministry in the coming year. So don't wait. Please contact us with your generous year-end gift today. And you can do so by calling 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844 756 
800-242-8763. Or even easier, visit thejourney.fm. And when you do, we'll say thanks by sending you In the Manger by Max Lucado. Though the bright lights of Christmas glitter briefly, the message of the season lasts forever. The Word becomes flesh, and the Creator becomes the creation. In the Manger will guide you through each of the 25 inspirational writings with a Bible verse to reflect on, an inspirational passage from some of Max's most popular books, and a poignant prayer to help apply that day's message. You can request your copy by calling 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763. Or visit thejourney.fm. I'm your host, Tim Svoboda. Be sure to join us tomorrow for another inspiring message from Pastor Steve DeWitt. Friday on The Journey. Today's program was produced and furnished by Bethel Church in Crown Point, Indiana.